Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Well, hello. Welcome back. Belly up to the bar, grab a seat, pour a cold one, whatever your refreshment might be, toddy of choice. Sit here and talk football for a while. I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Uh, As I tell you all the time, I urge you to check out the rest of the Locked On Network. If this is your first time being here and you're a Bears fan, go subscribe to Locked On Bears. Yeah, we have them for everybody. It's great stuff. They go a little more in-depth where I'm your national guy. We also have Locked On Fantasy Football. We have Locked On NFL Draft. Those guys are doing a great job, too. Um, A little more specific, obviously. A little more of a niche. But this is what we're up to today. We're going to go over a couple games. Let's start with last night. And I picked the Giants this game. You know, and um, that brings me to 37 and 26, I think, if my calculations are proper. That doesn't... Does that add up? Why would there be an odd number of games, Matt? Okay, maybe I'll have to go back and check that out. But right in that neighborhood, maybe I'm one off one way or another. Um, what I was thinking would happen was Odell's greater than Diggs, lots of quarterback hits, thought Manning would handle that better. Maybe the Giants line, offensive line's a little better than the the Vikings. Uh, both defensive lines I thought would really be dominant, low-scoring game. And for the most part, I was sort of on. I just took the wrong team. Um, and I discounted how well Bradford's playing, really. I mean, also, I thought a key, key moment of that game, and it's not that it would have gone a lot differently, but when Harris muffed that punt on what would have potentially been the Giants' second possession, and then the you know it led to a touchdown, um another big play by the Vikings defense special teams, you know, Osteata takes it in to make it seven, nothing. Then all of a sudden, you know, the Vikes play their game, you know, that they're so tough with the lead. It just worked out well for them. Um, But man, back to Bradford, Bradford played incredibly well. I mean, he's a super passer of the football. Uh, We've kind of known that, but he looks even better now. I mean, he's only been with the Vikings for a month, and he's remarkably comfortable. Coaching deserves a lot of credit with this, too. What North Turner's doing with him is, is fantastic. But he is now, he's not a caretaker. He's elevating those around him. He's making difficult throws downfield. He's not turning the ball over, which is remarkable, too. I mean, of course, he will turn the ball over going forward. I mean, I've said that about Carson Wentz and some of these other guys. It's going to happen, but he hasn't yet. And... The throws he's making are fantastic. He's standing in the pocket, being strong. Seems to have a real rapport with Kyle Rudolph, too. Kyle Rudolph is becoming more and more a part of this offense. I think he's finally healthy. I liked him a lot early in his career, and then he was real blah for a while there. I think he's finally healthy and a good match for Bradford in the middle of the field. Uh, It was great to see more of Corderell Patterson. I mean, a remarkable talent. Phenomenal with the ball in his hands. 
a garbage route runner that seems to struggle with every little nuance. But who knows? I mean, maybe he gets a late, uh, not late career, but maybe he's just a slow a slow learner. Well, maybe he is a slow learner, but, you know, the, maybe he revives himself, you know, in an exaggerated point of his career. And I mentioned this on Twitter, too, is what if Patterson, or more likely Treadwell, is to the point where they really trust him, can put him out on the field as a true number two to Diggs along with Rudolph and living up to their potential. I mean, I don't think that's too far-fetched to say one of those two, particularly Treadwell. You know, Treadwell's a first-round pick, and we've kind of seen what Patterson is. He's become a gimmicky return guy. But, you know, last night indicated maybe there's more there. What if one or both of those guys steps up week eight and really finishes the season strong going into the playoffs? I mean, this offense could become very, very good. And, you know, I've said many times that I was... You know, I was worried about the offense because I thought Diggs and Bradford were the only guys that are really above average at their position. And I don't feel that way anymore. I mean, I think the center, Berger, is a good player and has been for a while. Um, and the interior of that offensive line, I thought, played very well in this game. You know, against a good front. I think that's coming together. Been a lot of movable parts. Fusco from Slippy Rock. We're in the corner right here, up here. My best bud went to Slippy Rock. We had a lot of good times there. Anyways, um, and Boone. You know, Boone's a new addition. So I think the interior of that offensive line is coming around. We saw that last night. Um, the tackles, I think, will probably be a problem all year round. But you, you can kind of scheme around that. Um, the Vikings, they attacked Wade. You know, the, I thought a, a huge portion of this game and it made me re- really rethink what I who I should have picked here was the cornerback situation for the Giants. You know that I think if this game goes a lot differently if they have all three of their top corners healthy and playing as well as possible because they attacked Wade a lot and well I and mean, as he should. And I didn't think Jenkins played very well. Um, the one guy on defense though for the the Giants, I thought Olivier Vernon got consistent pressure. He's been everything he's been advertised to be. He's a great player. Uh, he's not just a fluke that made a lot of money. He's a great player. Um, on the other side, I'm sure we'll get back to that side of the ball too, but just, you know, I think you have to talk about Odell. You know, he's gone, he had a 28-game streak of, a, of having at least four receptions. He had zero in the second half. Zero. Ended up with 23 yards in this game. Uh, the lowest of his career. So for back-to-back weeks, the Vikings... And their unbelievable secondary that just keeps getting better held the Panthers' number one receiver, Benjamin, to zero yards and Odell to 23. You know, it got a lot of attention to Odell, but especially Rhodes. Rhodes is really asserting himself as a true number one receiver or number one corner with all the traits you look for. And, you know, him and Waynes both have those first round corner, long physical bodies. They were really banging Odell around. Safeties were good. Munnerlin played well. The secondary in general really, really put on a show and didn't really get the credit it deserves. But I thought the secondary was exquisite. I mean, it was just fantastic in this game. Uh, what else we got going here? Um, the one thing that, they, you know, this is this team is going to blitz a lot. They're going to pepper those A-gaps a lot with Barr and Kendricks. Barr's a really remarkable player, too. I mean, to move and do all the things he can do with being 6'5". You know, like when he came out of UCLA, I thought he was a 3'4", edge rusher, and not an off-the-ball player. 
but he's got some Jamie Collins to him where you can do a lot of different things with him, and he can do all the above. He was actually a running back at one point at UCLA. He was a 6'5", long, weird-looking running back. Uh, but anyways, Manning has struggled against the Blitz a little bit this year, um, and they didn't Blitz a ton, and they didn't get to him a ton. Protection was decent overall, considering how good a pass rush the Vikings have. But he did have some struggles against the Blitz again. That was a problem. Um, Linvel Joseph. Linvel Joseph is a beast. I mean... I think the two best run stuffers in the NFL were probably playing this game in Linvel Joseph and Snacks Harrison. Uh, Joseph was much more dominant player in this particular contest. He was fun to watch, just throwing dudes around, owning the interior. And, and the Viking or the, the Giants obviously have running back shortage right now. I'd love to see more Paul Perkins, though. You know, and it, probably they don't quite trust him with protection, and he looked like he struggled a little bit in that area, and as rookies do. But he had like their only big play of the game, and I really like him with the ball in his hands. I, I could see him having a, a pretty productive second half of the season once they get to the point where they really trust him. And then the running back on the other side, McKinnon played well. And I'm a McKinnon fan. You guys that don't know him, he was a option quarterback at a small school, you know, and a combine freak. So one of the things I was excited about with the Peterson injury, you know, when anybody could get injured, obviously, especially like a Hall of Fame guy. But I'm excited to see more of McKinnon. And by far, this was the best the Vikings ran the ball all year. Uh, like I said, the interior of the offensive line, I thought, did a really nice job. McKinnon has some dynamic traits. So Vikes are tough. I mean, I, I think the Giants are still very much in the race and might even be the best team in the NFC East. And they're, they're dealing with some injuries right now. The corner injuries, I think, were big. Pierre Paul didn't look like he was himself. So we'll see what happens there. You know, Odell's not going to be held to 23 yards ever again. Um, but this Vikings team is really good, and the offense is coming around. The defense we've known about, Bradford's a star. And I was asked this a couple times last night, you know, who's going to be the starter in 2017? It's going to be Bradford. I mean, to me, that's easy. I mean, I think, you know, I'm not kicking dirt on Teddy's grave or anything, but Bradford right now is way better than Bridgewater's ever been. I mean, this is a massive upgrade from what they've played with the quarterback the last couple of years. Sorry if that sounds cold and picking on an injury, but that's the way the league works, you know, and I think they should be ecstatic that they've got this deal done to get Bradford. The next game I want to discuss is one of the best of the week. Oakland going to Baltimore and winning, you know, and somewhat of... You know, they're now 3-1, and one, and all three of their wins have been on the road. So they're sitting pretty, you know, and all three of their their uh, wins have been more or less East Coast. You know, New Orleans isn't exactly on the coast, but, I mean, they're far road trips, um, early starts, those type of things, things that the, the Raiders the last couple of years would really struggle with. What's this game? You know, it's an ugly Ravens type of game. You know, that the more they played, the more, you know, Raiders are up 14-3, and the longer the game went on, the more Ravensy it got. You know, penalties and turnovers and slugfest and like every Ravens game ever, it seems like, or really the last two years, except for that last month when they were super banged up and were, you know, a shell of themselves. It's going to be a close game. Every game the Ravens play is a close game, win or lose. This year they're winning more than they're losing. Last year they lost more than they won. Does that mean they're an average football team? Probably. Um, but the Raiders are good. I mean, I think the Raiders are a contender. I think the Raiders can make noise in the AFC. I think their defense is coming around a lot. 
And this was an ugly game, but the end was fun. You know, the end was, you know, back and forth and points and Crabtree. You know, Crabtree had three, as you probably know, if you played against him in your fantasy league or if you have him on your team, he had three touchdowns in this game. And I think he has more targets, barely, but basically him and Cooper have been splitting targets this year. It's not like a one and a two. I mean, it's more like a 1A and a 1B with Crabtree and Cooper this year. And Cooper's a little slow this year, and I'm a huge fan, and he ended last season uh, not playing great and certainly was not healthy to finish last season. I believe that for sure, and I think more than any rookie out there, he hit that rookie wall. But Crabtree is picking up the slack. I I'm not real worried about Cooper, but I'm just you know, have an eyebrow up. Like, is, is what's going on with him? He should be better by now. He should be better this year. Crabtree is well-renowned as an elite route runner. You know, maybe one of the maybe the best route runner in the league. He's great in traffic. He has fantastic hands. Very physical. He's a craftsman. You know, I mean, he knows what he is. He's not going to run past people. He has a little bit of Larry Fitzgerald to him that way. You know, that uh, gets the most out of his abilities. Highly competitive. You think the Niners could use Michael Crabtree right now? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> this guy is a good football player. Uh, the rest of the offense didn't do all that much in this game, and the Ravens' defense is good. But I thought Carr played well. Uh, I thought he was accurate, poised. Uh, the Raiders had a couple of too many drops. That didn't help them. Um, and, and the Ravens didn't get a lot of pressure. I thought overall the Raiders' offensive line played really well. And that's not surprising. I mean, I think they're a top-five offensive line all day long. They have a lot invested in it, and it's paying off. Uh, the kid I really like, Washington, the running back, each week, it seems like they're giving him a little more and a little more. And I've said over and over that I'm not a Latavius Murray fan. Uh, if I were to bet on one team that was going to draft a running back in the first round in this upcoming draft that's loaded with backs, it it might be the Raiders, you know, that I could see Leonard Fournette in Oakland. Imagine what that offense would look like with him and then Washington as your third down type guy. But I really like Washington. I think his role grows and grows still. On the other side... I didn't think Flacco played real well. He's been a B minus C plus basically the whole year. That offense is still coming around, but he was under pressure a lot. Um, the Ravens' offensive line was missing two starters, uh, including their left tackle, who's played really well, Stanley, the first round pick. This was definitely Khalil Mack's best game of the season. He ended up with two sacks, but more than that, he just played a lot better than he has up until this point. Uh, he was my preseason defensive player of the year you know, vote or prediction. And that, that probably is not going to happen, especially the way Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald are playing. But I have no worries. I'm not like, boy, Max not the same. He's not going to be a good player. He's still a beast. A huge thing that's going on with this defense, two big things in the secondary. Steve Smith was really bad in the first week or two. And a lot of people saw it against the Saints games. Cooks are running right by him for a 90-yarder and he gets benched or whatever. He's better than that. You know, I mean, he's a good football player and he's showing it now. He's settled in. He had a bad game or two. Don't worry about Steve Smith. I mean, they put big money in him. He's going to pay off. He's a starting NFL corner all day long. So he's coming around. But what's really been, been big, too, is Carl Joseph's really boosted this defense. I mean, they were highly unathletic at that safety spot and massive liability. And Joseph's flying around the field. He looks fully healthy, finally. I think he's going to be a star. I think he's a do-it-all safety, but he's going to be more 
more Cam Chancellor than Earl Thomas. And that, this is kind of the defense they're trying to mimic, you know. And I think he's going to be all over highlight films. He's already making a big impact. That's a big reason that this Raiders defense is turning it around. You know, defending, though, <laughs> Steve Smith. I'm not sure if you and I have talked about Steve Smith enough, but he's a remarkable player. I mean, he's just so much fun to root for, obviously. Highly, highly competitive. Tough as nails. Still going. I can't believe he's as good as he still is. You know, I mean, not to mention he's a smaller dude to begin with. You know, he's not like this big guy that just slows down and, you know, Marquise Colston at the end of his career and just go up and get the ball and be big and, kind of, you know. He's a dynamic, nasty dude that runs hard and he's so much fun to be with, you know, be with, you know, him on the field. Glad that he came back this year. I thought this year, I thought for sure that this year would be an ugly last year that Steve Smith regretted coming back to playing football after such a major injury that he may not even make the Ravens, you know, that he was in that bad of shape. It was a massive injury, and he's so old, but he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. Um, what, else, what else happened? Uh, the Raiders were only 3 of 12 on third downs. I, I don't know, you know, like I said, there were some drops. They didn't run the ball extremely well. Ravens' defense is good on the road. I don't think that's something to really look into, but it's noteworthy. I mentioned the Ravens' offensive line, uh, and they struggled. But go watch Marshall Yonda in this game. If you want to, he's the best guard in the league, and it's not even close. And he put on a show. And when they needed yards, they ran behind him. He dominated in the passing game. If you if you have the NFL Game Pass, or I forget what they even call them anymore, the All Twenty Two or whatever, just go watch Yonda for a quarter or the whole game. I mean, he was crushing people, and he often does. And, and as a result, you know, West was clearly the lead back in this one. Forsett was inactive and since released. He's got released today. Uh, West went over 100 yards. And I think West is a good football player. And he's capitalizing on this situation. Um, the best they've probably run the ball this year. And clearly an upgrade over Forsett. I'm really interested to see what happens when Dixon comes back. I don't think they have much faith or stock in Allen. I think it's going to be the total West and Dixon show probably starting this week. Um, and I expect Dixon to even go past West and, and probably start as the passing down guy and before long becoming a star in that offense and really kickstarting what the Ravens can do, especially as a receiver. Think Matt Forte and Tressman's offense. So the Raiders are sitting pretty. Uh, I don't have a lot of concerns about the Ravens. I, I think they're an average to above average team. Uh, probably a nine or ten win team when it's all said and done. Their schedule's not real hard. They've had a good start. This is, you know, their their first loss. If both these teams are three and one, uh, and they could meet again. They absolutely could meet again. The last game I want to discuss is Seattle Jets. Jets are fighting a lot of injuries right now. You know, no Eric Decker. Forte got banged up in this one. They're not really equipped to handle it either. You know, I mean, I'm kind of sensing the beginning of the end for New York right now. And meanwhile, I think the Seahawks are taking it up a level, have a strong case right this second um, on Tuesday, the fourth to be, to say they're the best team in the league. You know, their, their offensive line, as it always does. And we always question it starting to come around this big, goofy Justin Britt, who was a tackle, moved the guard, couldn't do either one of those, and he's playing well at center now at 6'5 or 6'6. I mean, it's crazy. This organization is so strong. And, you know, Wilson played injured in this one, 
And that's never what you want. But boy, was he good. So good. And it's almost, I don't, it's not better. But this could be a, a crucial part of the season for the Seattle passing game. Like it was last year. Remember when they lost Jimmy Graham and they redid things and they got it out of his hands quick and a, a lot more of a pocket passer? Well, with his injury, he's not going to run around like a goon for, you know, like a crazy man for a couple of seconds and, you know, chuck one off his back foot. He's playing from the pocket and he's just tearing teams up right now, especially the Jets. And this Jets secondary, including Revis, is not what it used to be. It's a bit of a liability for sure. Again, there's a lot of injuries on this team. Um, but they got Jimmy Graham involved. It's two weeks in a row Jimmy Graham's had 100 yards, and he looks really good doing it. It's not like, hey, we'll just get Jimmy involved. I mean, they're starting to feature him a little bit, along with Baldwin. Uh, Lockett has been banged up. I still have extremely high hopes for Lockett. When he comes back, he could be a huge energy boost to this offense, and they don't have to rush him back. Um, back-to-back 100-yard games for Graham. Um, the Jets are really struggling against the tight end as well. Two good players overall, or will be or should be, their strong safety prior and their first-round pick, Lee. Wilson picked those guys apart, often with Graham. Um, each week, you know, developing something strong with Wilson here. I mean, he's just really, they're starting to really gel. Kristen Michael is really a good player, too. He runs hard. He gets every every yard he can. He's highly gifted. So these guys have some weapons, you know. If you've you you're guys like Graham and Michael, and they picked up Spiller, you know, <laughs> and he's gonna be he's gonna play for them. He's gonna do good things for them. You know, he's gonna catch passes. I mean, Procise has been um, not really available or trustworthy or 100 percent healthy either. Spiller's gonna do good things in Seattle. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, and it's just a typical. Seahawks move. We'll just grab this guy, throw him in there, give him a couple balls, and he's going to do the rest. Hey, he looked healthy. You know, what took people so long? I mean, the Jets brought Spiller in right before that. Didn't want him. And craziness. Um, Fitz threw three more interceptions in this one. Didn't play nearly as bad as he did against the Chiefs. Uh, This team can't afford all those turnovers, though, and I do think there is some some cause to at least consider Gito Smith. Uh, I don't think it's that time yet, but I think it crosses your noodle. And it'd be nice. I mean, it's not that point of the season, but I could just see by week 12 or so that Hackenberg or Petty gets a, the final month of the season and at least you see where they're at. But by all accounts, they're far from ready, and that shows from their college tape as well. Um a really, really fun matchup, you know, a heavyweight fight was Brandon Marshall against Richard Sherman. And Sherman shadowed him. And I would say Marshall got the better of him, but you won't see many more physical corner wide receiver matchups. And neither was complaining. You know, like, it was great. It was it was like a hockey game where the refs let them play. You know, they just banged each other around. They both initiated contact. That's their games. They're both big for their position. Um, and Marshall's still highly, highly impressive, but they just need more on this offense. You know, Forte's not quite himself. I'm wondering if he's going to sort of fall off a cliff, which is something I predicted this offseason. Bilal Powell looks much, much better. That's encouraging. I think he was second on the team in targets behind Marshall. I think Powell's role needs to grow. Uh, When they signed both those players, I predicted Powell would lead this team in rushing. I'm a big, big fan. That might come true, although Forte started the season very, very strong. Um, but they need more than that. I mean, the passing game without Decker, 
considering who the quarterback is, average offensive line. Anun was fine, but he's, I mean, he's he's not a, just a guy, but he's not a featured player. You know, he certainly is not. He has some talent. He should consider, continue to get better. If he's your third receiver, great, especially as much three and four receiver sets as they play. They're a little light for sure to pull that off. Um, along those lines, the corner starting opposite Sherman, Sheed, really, really good. He's playing really, really well for them. This defense is elite. There's no question. Um, they're right there with Minnesota and Denver to me is the three best defenses in the league. And then draw a line and figure out who's fourth. I mean, they're all, and I can make a, a case for all three of them being number one. Bobby Wagner, as always, is a stud and the leader and the quarterback. Showed up big in this game. Jets had nowhere really to run. You know, they were outmanned out front, and, and Wagner was shutting things down too. Seattle's D is truly elite, and they might only be getting better. Uh, what else? I mean, Russell Wilson was just great in this game, and even though he had to deal with that Jets defensive line, and, and uh, go back to Pittsburgh real quick because the Jets are coming, or Jets are playing the Steelers this upcoming week. So I've been asked all yesterday, you know, what's the Jets like, and I'm like. When you have a defensive line like that, and like the ones we saw last night, they can win any game. And, you know, Wilkerson and Williams and that whole crew, Richardson, they were great in this game, but there's it wasn't enough. But they can take over a game. They can cause a lot of problems. And by far, that's the best thing going on in New York is their defensive line. And it's so unique because they're really all defensive tackle, three, four defensive end types, you know, that they're, in a way, they're all, they've won too many of <laughs> of the big guys, you know, but that's a great problem to have. And it's great they didn't let those guys go. There was a lot of talk that Wilkerson could go. I'm glad he didn't. They would be in bad, bad shape without him. So that's the foundation of this team is a great, maybe the best defensive line in the league. Uh, you throw McClendon in there too. He's a good player. So they can cause problems for everybody. But right now I just see the Jets and think, man, they're, they're they're in a bad place. You know, they quarterback problems to say the least. The receivers are too banged up. The offensive line's just okay. Secondary is ailing and probably won't get any better. You know, maybe guys like Lee step up as they age, but outside the defensive line, it's hard to get excited about a whole lot more from the Jets. Um, Seattle's a total opposite, though. I mean, they're elite. They're absolutely elite. I think I would feel very strong thinking right now that Seattle is by far the favorite in the NFC for the Super Bowl with all respect to Minnesota and Green Bay and all those. And we'll talk about that more tomorrow. And tomorrow is going to be power rank day, just like every Wednesday. And as you can guess, I'm going to have Seattle rather high and the Jets are going to drop a little. Um, so tune in then. Stop back. This is Matt Williamson. Drop me a note on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Check out the entire Locked On NFL Network. Thanks so much. Take care. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.